Welcome to I Am The Horse Witch, where we talk about all things horsey and witchy and everything in between. Here's your space to work with magic and manifestation to achieve your goals, make your intentions a reality and live your best witchy life. I'm your host, Tamara, so let's go. Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. How are you all? Have you had a good week? Did you ruminate and ponder and connect to any deities? Or maybe you were able to recognise some signs that they're trying to reach you. I had a fantastic message from a listener, and here is her story. She starts off with this, my story. So during the week, I had a couple of very strange encounters with the name Helen. They had stood out to me at the time and I'd noticed this, but had no idea what they meant. So then last night, I settled down to listen to your latest podcast and you started talking about meeting our special goddess guides. Of course, the name Helen immediately jumped back into my mind. Ah, that's what those encounters were about. After the podcast, I excitedly read up about Helen. I must say I was a bit disappointed. I couldn't really see the relevance or feel a connection with the whole beauty thing. Yet there was some mention of nature and trees and I felt a connection to that and thought, okay, I'll go with that. Next morning, I'm very excited as it's my day off and dressage lesson day, exclamation mark. And in brackets, and I'm a bit too excited that my green saddle pad is clean and I can wear my green matching top. So embarrassing. I'm thinking about this and looking forward to those moments in the lesson where Sass and I are in perfect sync and moving as one. The intoxicating, gentle, powerful beauty of riding my horse. Such an amazing feeling. I then chuckle at myself. Could both those things be a form of perfect beauty, just like the myth of Helen? It all makes sense and I take a moment to honour this crazy dressage journey and the need to have matching tops and saddle pads and matching brown bridles and saddles and to allow this beauty of connection and movement to be guided and supported by my new goddess guide, Helen. This witch is referring to Helen of Troy. I feel her presence of Helen of Troy appearing in her life is to celebrate beauty but let go of the perfection, to allow herself to make mistakes and rejoice in the beauty of the process and the progress. There's also that equine connection between Helen of Troy and the Trojan horse. And I actually happen to know this woman's horse and she's very stocky and a a little bit Trojan. And I also feel that Helen of Troy is not a goddess often employed by people as a patron deity and that Helen of Troy would love to be in on it and also to be known or to be employed for more than just the goddess of extreme beauty. To be honest, I think that she is delighted to have had this connection with Sana and Sana has noticed her reaching out and now that Sana's opened the door, Helen of Troy can be assistance. And um, and I think my, my personal feeling, I've just got the goosebumps, is that Helen of Troy is absolutely delighted in this. So, Sana, thank you so much for writing in and sharing that with us. Really appreciate it. It's lovely. And now on to today's topic, Wicked Pilates. So why is it wicked? 
Well, it's wicked because it can be wicked results in many ways. Increased strength, better posture, a more confident outlook and physical aspect, pain assistance, but also wicked because it can hurt <laughs> as you go in the process of building up your strength. I was first introduced to Pilates in the mid-90s, way before Pilates became commonplace in gyms and there were Pilates studios everywhere on every second street that you drove down. Um, I had a housemate who has and is still a very good friend, Sally Anderson. So if you're out there, Sally, and listening, hello. Sally was teaching this new thing called Pilates, or as we used to jokingly call it because we thought it was hilarious, Pilates. Anyway, it was new to me. And she was teaching it to the dancers at the Sydney Dance Company to rehabilitate injuries. Um, She was also teaching it to some people in a very well-to-do suburb, which I won't say the name of, just in case. And let's just say that she wasn't too fond of those classes. Uh, But at the Sydney Dance Company, she was there to build up the dancer's strength. And in the building up of the strength, uh, it was to help increase uh, injury prevention and also support all the muscles with increased um, muscularity. She asked if I'd like to do a session, and I thought I was reasonably fit. I thought, <laughs> the old palates, it will be so easy for me. So I went to do a session on her machines, and I nearly died. She had to dial everything down so that I could just actually do something and complete something. Anyway, it was hard. So my journey with Pilates and horse riding began uh, with purchase or purchase. Yes, we exchange money for horses, but really the horse comes to us. Um, My old stock horse, Molly. So in Australia, we have the Australian stock horse, which is a breed, and it's a mixture of thoroughbred. This is generally because an Australian stock horse can actually be quite a few things, but it's generally a mixture of thoroughbred, bit of Arab and quarter horse, sometimes a bit of whaler, which is the um, Australian war horse, but generally those three first breeds. So Molly was essentially a Brumby, which in Australia is uh, our term for Mustang or wild horse. So her breeder wasn't very well for a long, long time. And so Molly ran in a herd until she was six years old. And then like a lot of horses, she was passed around a lot. So um, I've had her for over 10 years now. And once she was with me, she stayed with me. But by the time I had her, she'd Uh, been a Brumby for six years and then already had five owners by the time I got her. And she was extremely reactive and very reactive to anything that wasn't of the natural world. So her most, most comfortable area was the bush, but buildings, anything like a rubbish bin or um, even a broom, anything like that was very frightening for her. So I'd only had her for about six weeks, which is not a very long time at all. And I thought, oh, you know, it would be a good experience for me to take her to the riding club and, you know, maybe just do a flat work lesson, just do some walk, 
um, you know, let her see a different environment. And the writing club I took her to is very quiet and in the country. So I thought, yeah, that would be, um, you know, a good mix. Anyway, they had the dressage arena set up and it was um, poles, plastic poles pushed into these blocks to make a 60 by 20 uh, dressage arena. Anyway, as we're going around, this poor horse, the whole dressage arena went down like dominoes. I don't know if the wind blew or it wasn't put very well together, but it literally, it was like... And the whole thing went down. This poor horse, her, she went through her skin, she bolted, she fell over her own legs and then she fell on top of me. Now someone, some goddess, something was looking over me that day because I really should have had a broken pelvis. I was so fortunate. I came out of it with a bruised and twisted foot. I probably tore a few ligaments, but I didn't look too heavily into that. And a crunched back, but I didn't break anything. I did have an x-ray on my back. The back, My back still troubles me if I'm not careful, if I don't move enough, if I don't exercise, it seizes up. And the pain can often go down into my hip. So, yes, I was very lucky, but I now had a horse that was not only reactive and frightened of most things in the natural, uh, in the man-made world, but also severely traumatised. It took us years to get out of that. And to be honest, I don't know if she ever really came out of it. I mean, now she's 23 years old and she is a gracious old lady. She is the sweetest kindest horse. She's my mystic Molly. She's she's my tarot reading horse and she's the one that gives the pony rides bear back to my nieces. Uh, so she is a, she's a very different gal than she used to be. And boy, was she talented. Once she got going and oh, she could, oh, she could do a little western trot with the best of them. However, uh, that's way down the track. So I, she was traumatised and I was in a stage of severely lacking in confidence. I was terrified and I thought I need something here that is going to give me the most amount of confidence I can in the saddle plus all of the other stuff that you do. The meditation, the getting the right um, help to get you through this, all of that, um, all of that preparatory stuff that you do before you even get back on. But I thought I need something that is going to make me strong in the saddle because she was very reactive and she spooked or she shied very easily. So this is where I started to to research Pilates, to get into that movement, get into that muscle coordination, that strength work. Now, the combination between Pilates and horse riding is is not new. There's quite a few instructors that I know, even in my small area in WA, that do it. And so I'm not, you know, obviously I'm not espousing a new concept. I'm just saying 
that it can and it really does help you with all of those muscles that will help you stay seated and help you feel confident in yourself and help you feel like, you know what? I've done my homework. I haven't been an old slacko. I've actually done the hard guards and that gives you confidence. So Pilates was the perfect choice with its focus on building core strength to help me develop my confidence in the saddle again. The following extracts are taken from my favourite Pilates exercise book. Yes, it's an actual book, not something from the internet. It's a physical book with pages. Um, It's called Pilates, the Trainer's Inside Guide to Your Workout by Isabel Eisen. So these two following is um, from that book. The Pilates method is a balanced, safe and effective approach to fitness conditioning that you can begin practicing at any age. Pilates addresses both general and specific goals, whether these goals involve work or everyday activities, sports performance, injury prevention or, inverted commas, just the need for better overall health. Joseph Pilates developed the Pilates system, originally called Controlology, during the early part of the 20th century in Germany, where he was born, and then in New York City, where he taught from 1926 to 1966. Although he was a fragile child, he eventually became an accomplished bodybuilder, gymnast and physical trainer, and he designed rehabilitation equipment for bedridden prisoners of war during World War II. So I'll link where um, I got that information in the show notes. So as I said, there's many equine-focused Pilates programs and instructors that you can go to that will give classes which relate the exercises to horse riding. So I'm not one of them in the fact that I'm not trained for that. However, I have taught movement for actors, so I do have quite a high body awareness and what it represents. So with horses and their reflection of us, our physiology often represents the movement of the horse. For example, if our psoas muscles, which are located deep in the abdomen on both sides of the lower spinal vertebrae, aren't engaged properly and our backs are concave, You'll often find that the horse doesn't work from behind. So if your spine is twisted and you tend to lean to one side, your horse will tend to fall out on the side opposite to the lean. I know that it sounds like common sense, but we forget and we forget to think about these things either as we're riding or we might think about them beforehand. As soon as we get on, we tend to often do the same things because it's muscle memory. So you actually have to retrain your body outside of riding to often have difference in the saddle. So here are some things to think about. Um, I was once penciling for a dressage judge when we both noticed that the lean in the rider uh, was to one side and the fact that the horse was falling out away from her lean. And then as we were watching and talking about it, she'd finished the test, uh, but we were watching her sit on the horse and I remember that we were looking at the back of the rider. Both the judge and I, our bodies started to mimic the lean. This was completely subconscious. 
So often what you think about and what you surround yourself with, you get. And it's the same with horses. They will physically mimic what's going on in your bodies. So if you're leaning forward, they will be on the forehand. Also because your weight is more forward. So Pilates is brilliant for confidence and feeling comfortable. Have you ever noticed how uncomfortable you feel after a massive computer session or a phone session? Uh, You know, the old scrolling where your head is literally out of its socket in bad alignment. And then how good you feel after a Pilates or yoga session where your body is retrained into alignment through movement. So for what it's worth, I need to switch off at night. I need to watch crap TV and disengage. Um, And I am generally late to everything. I am always behind in popular culture. I am behind in TV, music, the use of phones, apps. I'm behind in movies. Um, At my other farm, I didn't have internet reception. So any kind of TV streaming was just, it didn't happen. Only in the last couple of years, I discovered Nashville and True Blood. So I questioned what, in fact, I was doing with my life. Um, Anyway, look, I've just finished watching Nip Tuck, the series that has Dylan Walsh and Julian McMahon. This is part of my switch off at night. And there's a character called Matt whose head is literally out of his socket. He is the most uncomfortable character to watch. Sorry, most uncomfortable character to watch. Not the least because, in my humble opinion, uh, because of his truly terrible acting, but I don't think that's his fault. I think directors could have helped him more and or acting coaches and the writers gave him the most irredeemable character ever written of all time. However, I think the head stuck forward is a character choice that somehow probably um, has become him by, as he does it in every single scene. And it's awful to watch. So guys, stand up straight. Ride your horse straight. Don't lean forward. I sound like an old school riding instructor. Not that there's anything wrong with that. So how are we, we witches, how are we going to make our Pilates magical? Well, this is our little take on it. We're going to make it magical by asking for some goddess help. So when we're doing our exercises, and remember, always start small. If you've got a really good routine going or um, if you're listening to this thinking, look, that's all and well, but no, I, I do other things. I do yoga. I do some other form of physical um, encouragement. Then that's absolutely fine. Listen, take what you like, leave what you don't. Um, but maybe you might like to use some of the magical elements in your other exercise programs. But we're going to ask for some goddess help. Rhiannon for our horse riding, help us um, develop our core muscles to help us with our riding. Aphrodite, if we're doing it to enhance the beauty of our bodies and the sexuality and the sensuality. What about if we ask Effa? And now that is, Effa is a Scottish warrior goddess that up in the mountains of Scotland, 
whether they be metaphoric or real mountains, she trained the ancient warriors in their martial arts programs. She's apparently fierce, she's beautiful, she's ruthless, and I think she'd be a great one to employ with any kind of physical training. Plus, a little bit like Helen of Troy, I don't think she gets asked along for the journey very often. So remember, they're like us, they love attention. You know, they don't want to wander around in the ether on their own. Or Andromache. Now, there's a, you know, how do we say it? Andromache, Andromache, queen of the Amazons, brilliant horse riders themselves. And there is archaeological research that the Amazons actually were a real tribe, that they're not not just the things of myths. And she was brave, strong, once again, ruthless, and not so coincidentally... Guess who Andromache was the sister of? Helen of Troy. So there we go. Everything comes in full circle. So we're going to employ a goddess and please be my guest. Choose more than just that very, very short list there uh, to help us with our workouts. Then to assist us and support us, we can burn orange and peppermint oil for energy or we can make it into a spray. You simply put a few essential oils in uh, some water and put it in a spray bottle and spritz ourselves, spritz our mat, spritz any exercise equipment we're using, spritz the room and it will give us a lift and help us with the energy and motivation to complete our workout. And we're going to employ the help of crystals. So here are some fabulous crystals that can help us with our exercise programs, our Pilates and our general movement and encouragement of blood flow and motivation in our body. There is the beautiful bloodstone. If bloodstone was good enough to stimulate gladiators to fight in the Roman Colosseum, then it should be powerful enough to get you through a gym session or a cardio workout or our beautiful Pilates session. Since ancient times, this deep green gemstone with flecks of red has encouraged courage, confidence and motivation. Absolutely one of my most favourite stones. Tiger's Eye will also help you with your workout and it's also one of Rhiannon's stones. So if you're going to use... Um, or ask the help of Rhiannon, Tiger's Eye would be a great one to use. This gemstone will give you the energy, focus and passion to reach your exercise and fitness goals. Carnelian stimulates power and activity and symbolised life in ancient Greek and Egyptian cultures. It is a stone of action, giving you the motivation and courage to progress in life and reach all of your physical ambitions. Apatite is another great stone that can help you. Apatite is a motivational crystal that eliminates apathy and will get you up and moving towards achieving your health and fitness ambitions. It's excellent for focus and concentration as well as a can-do attitude. Black obsidian is something else which would be very helpful um, in a healthy exercise regime because it's not just about getting up and nipping out for a run. To be successful, it means that you actually have to look at changing uh, some elements in your whole lifestyle if, if you feel it's lacking. 
This is where Obsidian can help. It allows us to let go of negative habits and grasp new opportunities. There are several ways to use gemstones in exercise and um, for us, our Pilates regimes. If it's not too intrusive, you can wear them as a jewellery item. You can place one or two in a pocket or a little bag when you head out to exercise or for a home workout um, or just popping it in your bra. That's that's what I do and that's what I find the easiest, bra or pocket. You can place them next to you on the exercise or Pilates mat. Motivational gemstones can be placed on your bedside table or shelves at home. They can encourage you to get out and go from there. You can give your gemstone an intention with a simple ritual. Hold your crystal in your hands and tell it that you need help to do your Pilates workout every morning. Something as simple as that. You can make a crystal elixir. This is by putting your crystal in some water and leaving it overnight. Now, really, please be very careful if you decide to drink the water. Make sure you've done your research and that it's safe for you to drink that crystal water because some of them, particularly all the blue stones, please do not drink. Um, probably more on a safe side, if you want to drink the water, is to have a glass and leave the crystal next to it. The water will still absorb the crystal's energy, but you don't run the risk of any kind of toxicity. So that's the safe way of doing it or do your research. You can also, if you decide to put the crystal in the water, you can use it as a crystal spray, okay? And that's a really lovely way of using crystal water. If you're going to exercise at home and with our Pilates workout, probably these exercises are home exercises unless you do it at a gym. You can keep gemstones around your gym equipment. So I promised to share my five favourite Pilates exercises for horse riding and these are just mine. These are just mine. There's, um, as I say, there's people with degrees out there, but these are the ones that I personally use and there's there's increments on how to build up to make it hard for yourself if you feel very strong and you feel like your core is already well developed or there is the very, very starting blocks. Now, I've realised that audio, <laughs> trying to explain Pilates exercises via my description is really, really, really hard to do. So what I thought I'd do is, and this will be, this will be challenging for me to um to commit, but I'm just going to do it. You know, the old one, two, three, four, five, just go. So our first one is going to be the uh, I'll explain it now, and then every day for four days in a row, I will chat about my next exercise, and then I'm going to record it and put it on Instagram. Okay, so it'll just be a five-minute chat about the actual exercise and a little video showing the the starting place of the Pilates exercise and the harder version. So today is, and I'm standing up because I think that me standing up is going to be more um, an easier way of me explaining it. We're going to be doing one-legged squats, okay? So 
you're going to be on one leg and the aim is to be able to do 15 on each leg. Uh, but always just start with five. Now, what are the ways of making our one-legged squats a little bit harder? You can use ankle weights, you can use hand weights, but to start with, you're going to just use no weights at all, your own body. So we're going to do one-legged squats and you come perpendicular to the floor, so parallel to the floor, and you use your leg and all your glutes to raise you up so that your leg is straight and you go from a bent knee up to a straight body with the body parallel to the floor. As I say, extremely hard to explain in a podcast. And then you're going to build up so that if you have um, the opportunity to use or purchase a BOSU ball, you're going to be able to do it on a BOSU ball because that is ultra amazing and wonderful for balance. So please look out for my um, my video on Instagram of my very first favourite Pilates exercise, the one-legged squat. And then each day for the next four days, I'm going to be doing a little chat and um, an exercise. Okay, so today I'm going to do a reading for Donna. She wrote me a lovely review. And then next week I will be doing a reading for the Hunter Valley Witch. Uh, that's her Instagram handle. Her name is Lisa. It's it, Her Instagram handle is at the Hunter Valley Witch. And she wrote me the most beautiful review. So a big, big, big thank you, Lisa. And I will be doing your card pull next week. So I've decided that Donna's reading will be from the Gospel of Aradia by Stacey DeMarco. Um, I'm sure that there's many different ways of spelling her name. Um, Aradia, Aradia, and Aradia was uh, an Italian witch. Now, once again, is it myth? Was she real? Uh, apparently in the 15th century, if we go by the myth, she is the daughter of Diana. Uh, and if we go by the fact that she's a real person, then she was one of the first, uh, uh, I, su I suppose, better known um, witches of that time. And probably a person who, if she was real, then she was probably a woman who lived on her own, helped other women, made herbal remedies, um, you know, help, help women with childbirth or unwanted pregnancies. Uh, but yes, there is debate over whether she was real or not. But this is from the Gospel of Aradia, uh, Stacey DeMarco Oracle card. Okay, so this was supposed to be a one card pull, but we had a jumping card as well. So a jumping card is just where a card falls out. So rather than you just using that card, uh, I've done the card pull, plus I'll read the jumping card. So uh, I'll go with the jumping card first because that came out first. Reconciliation. Now, reconciliation is different to forgiveness. And this implies that there is someone that there needs to be a conversation with, uh, where you both need to hold space so that you hear each other's point of view. You don't necessarily need to forgive this person that may be further down the track, but 
there feels like something is is unresolved and you've just sort of dampened it or shut it out or let it go without fully realising that you would probably be happier if you had a conversation and worked at resolving it, um, even if you just spoke about the way you feel and heard the other person. It may be that perhaps the relationship is um, not going to be what it was, but it feels that you've just blocked this out rather than investigated what it, it, how it could help you, well, when I say reach fullness, be happier. So rather than just, no, nah, close the door, that person doesn't get me or whatever, it does feel like for you to embrace your life that this conversation needs to happen. Is it a friend? Is it an ex-lover? Is it um, someone that there's just been some trauma with and that the trauma could be just some conflict that you've um, that you've come into. So have a think about that um, and see if that resonates in any way and then just start to process, you know, it, it, you know what, deep down you actually know who this is and what the next step is to just start to meditate on what kind of dialogue you'd like to say to that person. And remember, it's not about the outcome. It's actually about the conversation and the process itself and the resolving of, well, let's say the resolving, the, the letting go of the conflicts inside you that is not met. So just have a think about that. The end point is that it will actually make you feel better. All right. Now, the card I actually pulled for you is ecstasy. It feels like ecstasy is lacking from your life. So, and I mean this in, um, I mean this in a good way in the fact that we get bogged down in our mundane lives. We know that we have to feed the horses, we have to do this, we have to do that, we have to um, get our jobs done, we've got to record the podcast and then I've got to do the exercise where I film myself and then I've got to feed the animals and then I've got to have the sheep shorn. That is not ecstasy, okay? Ecstasy is there's a, there's just a different way of looking at it, Okay. And it suggests that there needs to be more unabashed abandon in your life, however that may be for you. That may be as going out and having a really good laugh and some wine with some girlfriends. It may be going out and dancing, which is something that you never do. It's about bringing more, and it doesn't need to be continuous. It just needs to be for a couple of hours. It needs to be bringing more joy into your life. The card talks about, um, you know, women with rituals in the forest in the middle of the night dancing until they exploded with ecstasy. <laughs> now, I'm not suggesting that you <laughs> re up your girlfriends and say, hey, guys, do you want to come out to the bush with me tonight and dance around a bonfire? Although, 
you would be surprised at how many women go, fuck it, I'm there. Um, But what can you do that feels like that? You know, is it going for a good ride on your horse and going for a gallop that is or a canter that is bordering on just a little bit faster than what you normally do? Make sure that you're safe. Make sure that you're safe. Um, Is it just, you know, you're doing the dishes and you think, you know what, fuck this, fuck this. I'm going to turn on the music. I'm going to dance really loud and I'm going to sing really, really, really loud. Okay? What you need more unabashed joy, letting go, chaos, dancing energy. Okay, doesn't have to be all the time. Once a month is fine. Once a month on the full moon is fine. Okay, so that is my reading for you, Donna. Thank you. Thank you for the review. And Lisa, it's your turn next week. Okay, have a great week. Well, actually, no, because you will hear from me four days in a row. All right, I'm going to go and uh, film (laughs) my one-legged squats. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye.